All right, pronouncers, welcome back. Welcome back, Stephen. Welcome back, Bruce. Real quick before we jump in, there is an important event this time. Not sponsors. We'll talk about those in a second who are amazing. Print Hustlers Conf is in Los Angeles, beautiful Los Angeles. Can you see the little uh, greenery in the back corner? Are, are you, are it, Bruce, you call, do you consider Newport Los Angeles? Los Angeles? Is it all the same? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, I guess technically it's uh, Orange County. But anyway, the West Coast Print Hustlers Conf is this year. It is set up. Made Lab is hosting November 4th through 6th. In Santa Ana, Los Angeles, uh, Newport Beach area. Go to printhustlers.com for all the details. The first day is going to be a Printavo and an Inksoft user summit going through a lot of new functionality. Um, the second day is going to be the conference with a bunch of awesome talks. Brett's already shared with me a big list, and I'm uh, pretty excited about that with a dinner after. And then the last day is going to be a tour of Bella and Canvas's facility. If you haven't seen it, this place is bonkers. Really cool to be able to see. So go to printhustlers.com, and you can be able to grab your tickets, bring your mom, bring your uncle, bring your bring your wife, bring your husband, bring your partner, uh, your cat. I think that's fine. No, should cats. be a good time. Uh, it's going to sell out um, every year. Print hustlers raises the bar. Last year it was in Fort Worth. It was incredible. Um, and I think is there a tour of Liquid Graphics too? Maybe. Yes, the first day is at Liquid Graphics. Ooh, um, which is one of the most incredible shops in the country in the world. So get your tickets. It is my birthday weekend again, Bruce. I'm cool with this. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i cool with my birthday at Print Hustlers every year, so we can just run it back. I'm excited. Get your tickets. All right. Um, four quick sponsors that are always supporting us, and so we appreciate you, and uh, they support this industry, so make sure to support them back, too, if you're ever looking for services in this arena. First up, GraphX Source. When it comes to SEPs, mocks, creative art, order management, digitizing, customer service, um, or just back office admin, they are there to be able to help. They work with so many different Printavo shops now. It's pretty crazy. They plug and play into your workflow and be able to handle this work. I know, Stephen, I think you said you have three artists now? Three, probably going to four soon. Yeah. So they're cranking. Make sure to mention Printavo Pod. That gets you 50% off to try a first vector SEP or digitized order. Sweet. Thanks so much, GraphX. Bruce, you shouldn't spend all day cleaning dirty screens. Easyway's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and will cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Our favorite chemicals at Campus Inc. are 701 and 842. Um, We use them every day. But if you value a company that helps with the how-tos, best practices, and questions, Easyway is there. They work with over 100 different distributors Give them a go. Uh, and if you have any questions, reach out to EasyWay. Thanks so much. If you want free PMI tape to give a shot, this stuff is really awesome for screen tape. Shoot Multicraft underscore daddy a DM on Instagram. And uh, every week he's sending someone PMI tape, a case of it. Uh, Multicraft underscore daddy. 
look, if you need ink supplies or daddy, Multicraft is always there. They're screen printing and digital supplies providing you for over 50 years of great service at great services and top brands at competitive pricing. Make sure to mention the Printable Pod to receive an extra 10% off your first order. We're a little rusty. Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer made for screen printers by screen printers. They understand the pressures and expectation of the screen printing business, and that's why they pride themselves on being super fast and super easy. Uh, whenever we're in a jam, we just call Supercolor, and they always come through. Um, experience them for yourself and use promo code PRINTABO15 to get 15% off your order. Thanks so much, Supercolor. All right. Uh, Steven, how you doing? I'm good. Just came off a of vacation. Back to school. Yeah, when does back to school start for you guys? Back to school starts in this week. We're here. So took 10 days. Is that just the total mad dash? It's crazy. Yeah, it's freaking nuts. But uh, Is that the busiest time of the year for you guys? There's a lot of new things happening. I mean, we are running. Last year, we had one of our schools live. This year, we have 25. Um, Oh, for the NIL stuff? Yeah. But what about the the student program? Yeah, that's Steady Eddie. Um, I mean, they graduated about 70 interns this summer through our program. And so they're rocking and rolling. And those are like bulk orders, bag and tag, online stores, like the simple ones. So we crush through those. Those those are the easy ones now. But um, back to school is nuts. Um, and then football season is going to be crazy. And then what's going to be nuts-er is when football and basketball season are going at the same time um, in November, October. So I'll call you then. <laughs> March Madness? No, no. That March Madness March. will be, but that's, just, yeah, you don't watch sports, Bruce. It's okay. Um, but yeah, how about yourself? How are you doing? Things have been good. It was fun. Uh, we, so uh, we're a little vacation as well. Got to meet up with Stephen in Europe, which was fun. Stephen and Carson. So we got to have dinner out there. So that was nice. Um, um, Bruce, can you tell the world that we planned the same vacation separately in the same country? I'm actually kind of surprised it overlapped so well. But we were literally 30 miles apart for like 10 days in like, and we only figured out how to not stay in the same hotels and only get dinner together once. So I think it was a good vacation from each other too. So... Um, <laughs> The show must go on. And that's why we back record a lot of stuff to to help us do that. Um, I want to share a really cool website with you that I found. So if you go to milled.com, M-I-L-L-E-D. Um, so, you know, everybody should be doing email marketing. It's literally like the freest way of getting return customers to remember who you are, to get people who have subscribed to you that haven't bought to buy from you. Um, and as you see, when you sign up for an email list on an e-commerce store, it's like you almost get too much. You get email every day talking about products to stay top of mind. Well, This website helps you create content for those email newsletters just by showing you inspiration of what other people are doing. So, you know, when when you you, you sign up for MailChimp.com and you've got your email list all imported and you're like, okay, what do I send out? Like, what do I talk about? Do I I share some photos of prints that we did this week? Um, Do we talk about new hires, whatever? This gives you some really good inspiration of what companies are sending based on 
their company name you can slice. You can slice by like they have political brands or political campaigns. They have home brands. They have uh, decor. They have beauty. They have fashion, all this stuff. So I thought it was pretty cool to to be able to pull either design ideas out or just content ideas and start sending email. Do you guys do email marketing too? Excessively. Um, every one of our school stores has its own instance of Clavio, and there are emails going out every single day. It is one of the largest drivers of our revenue. And um, you know where I learned that from? John Amato from Jute Mode. So thanks, John. What, the whole Clavio setup? Yeah, like flows and campaigns and drips. And it's just about, you know, the, the way that I think about email campaigns are, you know, when you drive on a highway and you see a billboard every single day, but you kind of just like know that billboard's there. Right. That's the same thing with email marketing. It's not that you're going to necessarily open the email every single day. It's just there. Right. And so even if, you know, customers don't read it, or they see it, or they archive it, or they don't open it, it hits their inbox, and it's just some sort of visual. So like, I was just searching custom ink on Mild, and you can literally see every single email they send out, and how frequently they do, and you can go through their archives. Um, It's pretty sweet. Um, I'm looking at it for Guitar Center. Um, This is super cool, and it's pretty free. Right? Yeah, I don't see how they make money at all. Maybe like, there's all oh, those ads. I see. I'm just my yeah. ad blockers running. Um but no, this is rad. Our team uses it quite a bit. Um and you know, it's it's like if you get a really cool email from a company, like figure out what they're doing. Um but yeah, no, this is really good inspiration. Um, yeah. thanks for sharing and this. If you don't or haven't heard of Clavio, that's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. It's a, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's an email marketing automation tool that plugs into Shopify that helps you create these campaigns. So you can create campaigns with the MailChimp or whatever. This is more specifically for if you're running stores on Shopify. Yeah. And, and MailChimp and Constant Contact, they all have the Shopify integrations. Clavio does a really good job with like segmenting, knowing you know how much your customers spend, and then creating campaigns based on them. So you've got loyalty lists. Um, you, know, uh, you can just set up a lot of cool stuff. Um, and there's a lot of Clavio experts out there. Um, I'll give you another website. Um, we're using Support Shepherd quite a bit. So supportshepherd.com. Oh, wow. Um, you can hire VAs um, in the Philippines, and um, a lot of them are really fluent in Shopify and Klaviyo. So you pay a finder's fee one time, and um, it's a lot cheaper than stateside work, but you can get like a Klaviyo expert to help you out there. So there's another one for you. Um, okay, wait. I have two questions. I want to go back to support Trevor, but real quick, on an example email campaign – from a high level or as much as you can share, like what is an example one for a store that you're running? Like, is it a, or or the different campaigns you have set up? Right. So um, most people have never really set this up or, or dove deep into it. Yeah. So the most simple, like, let's just, so we, you have to understand campus Inc is like a, an agency as well, right? Like we build these brands that look like these school stores and then we market to their fans. So if we take like, you know, um, I don't know, let's just take Purdue, for example, we're marketing towards Purdue fans. And so every single day they're getting an email about Purdue. 
It could be highlights. It could be a newsletter. It could be something that's happening in the business. It could be a podcast that we did with a Purdue athlete. It could just be something that we're resharing. We're just constantly sending something to them to stay in touch. Now, if you take it up a notch and talk about like, what is Campus Inc. doing? We are sending emails to our customers, storytelling about all the things that we're doing. So more like a newsletter, Bruce, right? Like, hey, this is what's going on at Purdue. And this is what, you know, we made this list or that. And if you need custom merch, make sure you reply to this email, right? So there's kind of different levels of what you're trying to get the customer to do. It might just be that you're trying to nurture them or entertain them or, you know, something like that, right? Kind of like, you know, Bruce, you guys aren't necessarily telling customers to buy Printavo, but you're sending out tons of emails. Talk us through the purpose behind the email marketing that you guys do, because I think it's probably more relevant to shops than necessarily what we do in, in the kind of agency side. Um, well, we try to do a weekly newsletter. I told our uh, content writer, Luke, uh, formerly, and then um, now Mike is doing it. It's like, you, this is going to be your column. Like, don't, don't, don't make it corporate speaky. This is Mike's corner, right? Like talk about what you're thinking about, talk about what's going on and try to view it as it's like you're the industry's uncle or something, right? Uh, and then write in that regard. So what are the things you're seeing? What are the things you think are interesting? What are the things you don't think are that interesting? And it's okay to say it and have an opinion on it um, and make it so that you want to open this and read it every day. Just because I feel like so many email newsletters are like a dump of like links and photos of stuff versus something that's interesting to read or take away from. Like if you think about hmm. the email that you open, like why do you open it? Is it because it's a news update and it keeps you up to date and abreast of what's happening? Is it because they have an interesting opinion? Um and I'm trying to replicate that type of stuff. So writing that, type, it doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be short, but we do that. And then we also have like a uh, kind of an email nurturing campaign. So the second somebody gives us their email to subscribe to the podcast or to our blog updates or for a new Printavo trial or Inksoft trial, there's emails that are relevant to whatever action you did. Um, and those actually are automated. So that's pretty easy. So you just do it once and set it up. Um, and it's crazy, but you know, a really good nurture campaign really does push people more, right? As everybody is so busy in their shop, so is every potential buyer in their own life. And, uh, having that good nurture campaign really just tries to collect and push them along. So yeah, we do that. And we use a tool called intercom that sends, um, those we used to use MailChimp a long time ago, but then we switched to Intercom, which gives us a little more control over the segment. And, and when you mean by nurture, so these are evergreen emails that can be used year round. It's a series of seven to 10 of them that come over the course of a couple of months that might be like, you know, uh, a case study, a blog, something that's just good forever, right? Um, yeah. And so John Amato kind of talked to me about this at Jupe Mode, and he said like, you know, you need to have a welcome series. Like the second you get a customer at the first time, they should get six months of emails about Campus Inc. That's just totally good to use forever. You know, your backstory, what makes you different, a, a cool, you know, 
printing process, right? Learn about embroidery today, whatever. And that's what Bruce is alluding to as nurturing, right? And just keeping them close, right? Bruce, do you guys use SMS yet? Not for the nurture, but we really should. I we have we allow the sales reps to use that a lot, which I think helps a ton just because you know, people have different communication preferences. Some people like email, but I do find a lot of folks now like talking over text. So, uh, and it just cuts right through. Bruce, have you heard Why of do Apple? You? Have you, uh, yeah, we're starting to use it a lot more. Have you heard of, uh, Apple business chat? Have you ever texted? Uh, I like, use it. Yeah. Have you ever texted like United airlines or Southwest when you mess up and it looks like you're I messaging them and it's got like their logo at the top. I had to return something from Lululemon and I texted them and, and it was a real person. How, wait, how, so how does this work? And get, do you use okay. this? So I signed up for it, but I have to do a bunch of verification. But essentially it connects to your like Google Maps or whatever. And when someone says text, it starts a conversation, but it looks like an iMessage. Um, it's called Apple Business oh. Chat or iOS Business Chat. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going through the process right now because I want it to work as our support, our support tickets. Um, could it be you have for to, sales? Cause if it's on Google maps or like, how do they, yeah, it could I guess be for anything, sales. It's, it, it, it's everything. It's, it's your, it's your chat bot. Right. Um, but Apple takes some time to verify it and make sure it's, it's going to work right and stuff. Mm. Um, so what uh, is the tool on the back end that your team is using to respond? I have not gotten there yet. I am still registering for it, but I'm curious okay. to know if there's like an iOS portal that they log into that um, they can quickly, they must, there must be right. If home Depot can do it and 1-800-Flowers can do it. Um, right. So, so it's gotta be like Zendesk or, it, or something. It's on the so back end, clean man. though. Like it's just, it's beautiful. Um, so we're trying to do it for our, our athlete communication. All right, Bruce, I want to talk about a couple things. Um, we got a little bit of time. I want to talk about ways that shops can make money outside of printing. We're talking making money in your sleep, <laughs> uh, making money when no one's looking, making money not from the nine to five or maybe from the nine to five. But I think when you discover a lot of printing companies and you really dig under the hood, everyone has a little secret like, ooh, I make some money this way or ooh, I make some money this way. Um, and I wanted to dig into some of those cause I think they're really fascinating and they can grow your margins very quickly and become some of your favorite parts of your business. Bruce, have you, when you've met shops around the country, um, have you seen this happen? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Um, people figuring out different services. I, I always wonder of the, the balance of, okay, we can make money from this side thing does this distract or does it sort of add a layer to us? So I, I'm just curious in your opinion, as you go through these, what keeps the business also focused? And then maybe if you've seen one or probably experienced one that, that creates a distraction. Okay. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is owning your real estate and making money on your rent distraction or not. <clears throat> that seems like a no brainer. I didn't fully understand this though early on. So I think, uh, you know, unless you've gone through this process or someone's explained it to you, it's kind of complicated. So can you go through what this is, how it works and the tax advantages to 
uh, and income advantages. Okay, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a tax planner. Um, Are you a I CPA? do not work for the SBA. <laughs> but if you own your own real estate, you can pay yourself rent. Uh, if the cost of your mortgage is less than your rent, you can make money on your real estate. So if I uh, am able to buy a building, call it a, a half million dollar building, and my mortgage, you know, I'm able to muster up uh, money for, you know, down payment, um, and say my mortgage is three grand a month. Um, well, per square footage in the city, uh, a similar business would have to rent their space out for $6,000 a month. And so business one, the screen printing shop can rent from landlord, which you also own, and it can make you $3,000 a month. Now on a 15 year, you know, uh, bubble loan, whatever arm, I have no idea what they call it. Uh, you could pay off your building and make money along the way. Right. And so I call that like the one easiest way to make money when you're sleeping is trying to own your real estate. What do you got? And what you also talk to a CPA, the depreciation on the building allows you to create a write-off that reduces the income of the rent coming in from your shop to yourself as well. So you have the expense of the mortgage, but you also have the expense of the depreciation of the building. And so that gets a, that's like a nice benefit for real estate. But yeah, that is pretty common for, for shops as they grow. Once you get the cash to be able to do it. That's all right. Bruce, you got your turn. What do you got? I'm just curious. What do you like from some of that income? Is that like living expenses? Do you, you know, put it into indexes? Like, what do you do with it? Um, (laughs) boats, (laughs) it uh helps fund my life bruce uh it's cool because i it's kind of like i call it set it and forget it like it Mm -hmm. just hits an account every month and my business partner taught me this at a young age he goes we're gonna we're gonna get you in to buy the real estate because that's how you could make money long term but when you know we wanted to buy uh like the lake and stuff like that that's where i looked at that and said okay i can spend money on the secondary money that i make and still put some money away. Um, so, um, That's awesome. I try to just set it and forget it, uh, and hope it just bubbles up and grows. And then, you know, that's money you use on a down payment for your house. But I feel less guilty spending money, secondary money that I'm making. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like the, uh, when you have money in your PayPal account, you kind of keep your money there and then, <laughs> Oh, like, yeah. these shoes look cool. Like, let me get this from the PayPal account because it's not. Yeah. The, it's not the real yeah. account. It's not the real yeah. money. I, I'm making money printing T-shirts. I'm making secondary <laughs> money renting to myself. So that's where I should reward myself a little bit. Um, but no, there there's some plans like the SBA 504 plan. Um, you know where you can get pretty good locked in rates. Um, and if you have a little bit of cash, not a bad way to try and and have a long-term investment there. Yeah, I do that as soon as possible. How how do you how do you, how did you think about though the, you know, cuz it seems like growing shops tend to outgrow their stuff at every couple of years when they're in that phase or did you just try to overbuy space-wise? 
Um, I mean, we bought 13, 14,000 square feet, um, but we also have a lot of acreage right behind us um, if we needed to build. Um, and that's things that you look at is like, okay, like what would it cost to build another? One of the reasons why Jed liked our property goes, we could duplicate this building right next to us mm-hmm. for another four or 500 that we already own the dirt. Um, and so that's kind of how Jed thinks is like, oh, you know, I could, I could put a mini warehouse in the back and rent that out. I can, Mm -hmm. we could duplicate our shop. So bought it with the intention that perhaps we might have to build down the road um, to make another, another investment opportunity. Right. Um, so, all right, Bruce, your turn. What else? Oh, um, I mean, my, my bucket was, uh, and this is because of my background in web work, but was, is an interesting, sales channel around services. So uh, what are additional services that could be done that almost have no cost of goods sold on it? Um, you know, when someone is getting stuff done, is if it's a brand, did they want higher end photography? Well, where do you get a photographer, right? Like a studio and all this other stuff. Interesting to be able to charge for that to be able to get that done for the company and kind of have this agency. I know the guys uh, Golden Press Studios do this a lot and they do video, photo um, to help their customers. So they'll charge a bunch and those items are expensive. So like if you get some good high quality stuff, those are not cheap to be able to sell for. Um, And then some web work. I don't know if you've ever charged for, uh, do you charge to set up stores or no? Depends on the client. Sometimes we'll charge a monthly fee. Sometimes we'll charge a one-time fee. It just depends on, you know, if they're going to be pushing a bunch of volume through us. If not, we're going to charge a monthly subscription. Um, that could what be anywhere, that? From like, anywhere from three to $500 a month to operate. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, because we know if the store is not going to put through a hundred grand a year, then we need to take our costs of actually managing it kind of like an agency, like this company would go out and hire a company to manage their website. So if they're not going to guarantee the volume through us, then we need to cover our costs there. Um, so we, we were doing that back in the day. Um, but on that photographer note, like say you have a photographer in house that's doing all of your photography work, right? You're essentially moonlighting that employee, right? And like, saying, okay, photographer, if we go out and sell photography deals for these businesses that we're servicing, I'll split them with you, right? And so if we charge $1,000, hey, I'll give you 500 of it. And now you're helping them be like a sole proprietor, but you're also just bringing in residual money that you wouldn't have brought in. And then the two of you are kind of like, I don't want to say attached at the hip, but um, you've got a talented employee that's paying themselves off, right, with their primary role, and you're making them extra money on their kind of secondary role. So yeah. I think the photography the part is is like it's almost a no brainer. Um, Bruce, if you were to f- go to LA right now and find an agency and say I want to do product photography, how much would they charge to shoot like I don't know corset scrubs or something like that? You know what? Honestly, the problem is honestly is is finding someone who knows how to do it well. I, I mean, you could go as high as you want price wise. I think some of the lower end things are a couple hundred bucks to get things done, but the the it, it's really the time to go do it. So, like, if if you could just unload and make this easier, hey, did 
did you want us? We could actually take flats. Like we could take this out of flat, white background, have them all set up for you, send you the the final asset files when we're done printing here. Um, wow. Okay. That's a big time saver. I don't need to go figure this part out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can, we can get it done. So that's pretty cool. And I see um, like printed threads, I believe has a, an agency side that they've spun up around doing this stuff for client work too. So I would almost call those like service upsells, right? So like, what if after a job was done, they got an email saying, Hey, these are the added services we have. We can build a website for you. We can take photography of your products for you. Just reply back and we'll add it to your order. It's those little things that could happen 20 times a month. Right. And that's where I kind of said, like, if you're good at building Shopify and Inksoft stores or whatever, and you have maybe a VA that's really good at it, why not just build for the community? Like just sell more web design work. I don't know. Or is yeah. that distracting? And I don't even think you need to bring someone on full time. I think this is, you know, you could have someone come contract in that, you know, to do the work, uh, at least for quite some time. I don't think it's, I think it's a great shot to try. Um, speaking of distractions though, do you have going to another, uh, idea or option for upsell? Do you have an, I, I, something that you've done in the past that was a distraction or turned into a distraction? Or you try to try a new business vertical. Yeah. Um, so we got uh, really good at die sub for ourselves. And then we're like, ah, we'll wholesale it. And then we learned the margins were shit and it was really hard to do. And so we did that for almost like six, seven months, almost a year. Um, we're like, oh, we can flip this this way or that way. So, you know, that was something. But I guess that was still our service or that was still like our product. And, you know, we were producing it and stuff. Um Bruce, I'm curious, you probably know all the distractions of my business better than I do because I tell you about all of them. I've been I've been down I've been down several roads. I think the one that you mentioned a lot going back and forth was fulfillment. Fulfillment. That you have a love-hate relationship with. It's either that or DTF. I'm not sure. We need to do another episode on DTF on another day because we have two new DTF machines. Uh-oh. And we're running the them in parallel. The update. Yeah, the update of the update. Another story, another day. But we got into fulfillment as a product of managing these stores. And then what we quickly learned is that we were bad at fulfillment. And so now, and I'm talking about like being a 3PL for your customers. They order shirts, you put them in inventory, you ship them on their behalf. Now we leverage a 3PL and charge a fee for it to essentially manage the inventory on our 3PL shelf. So we took the third derivative of this and now we think we like 3PL again. Which, which 3PL did you go with now? Uh, we use Printful. So ah. they uh, were able to take our customer supplied goods, take our printed goods, put them on their shelves and then um, they'll ship them. We kind of manage the back end uh, if they need to re-up or anything like that. Um, and then the coolest part is if something goes out of stock, Printful can print it for you and ship it, which is kind of cool, like on their DTPs. You know what's um, interesting is you mentioned two things, being a fulfillment partner and 
sublimation that worked well when you started and was like, yeah, this is starting to make sense. And then when it's scaled to level two is when it's like, nah, like, oh, <laughs> it's like two different. It, it's yeah. like, oh, it, you know, it was the shadow side of it, which is interesting that uh, can work well at the beginning, but not longer. Term. Okay, let, let's keep going. What about um, like live printing? Right. Like adding that as a service and an event. Right. Like I look at uh, barrel maker printing and how they've leveraged live printing um, as now like a huge arm of their business. Um, and it's more of a service. Right. Like it's more of a show. Right. What are your thoughts on adding live printing as an added revenue source for shops? Um, Good or bad? I have been a firsthand witness to, I think, two shops that do a lot of live uh, family industries. One who does something like more days in the year's worth of live events. It's something like 400 plus events every year. And then Barrelmaker has been doing quite a few live events too. And it is a lot. I mean, I think it's the exact same thing as the Submission in 3PL, whereas maybe easy to do a few here or there that are that are regional i think very hard to scale that logistically you guys okay. do a little bit though so wh- what was what was that experience um it's hard i mean i think it's exhausting the part that i don't like about it is it chips away at your nights and weekends right and so when are live events they're on nights and weekends and so if you don't have a team that really enjoys it right i think family industries they're all musicians they're all touring musicians they love that right they thrive in it and the way that their systems are all built in in beautiful like shipping containers and the way that they send stuff out but if you're not set up for it it can like suck the life out of you i think a, a really good shop that is tasteful with their live printing is like upstate dylan at upstate I feel like Dylan does just enough where like it's his top clients and top customers, but not so much that he wants to like never do it again. Um, for me, I don't get excited about live printing. I feel like it just, just hot. <laughs> the timing, the the stuff, the backup stuff. It's crazy seeing getting, I, I mean, I, I'll go to Max's shop to hang out and, you know, they, they like prep everything. They test everything. Then they put it on the boxes then they get it there. And then the, the scheduling of the people to get there. And, um, but could you potentially sell a live printing event and call barrel maker and have them pull it off for you? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. To sub sub out live printing. I don't, I don't know. know much about it. I don't know much about it. I I would say trying to make money when you sleep, live printing is not the move. (laughs) Um, That's uh, going to keep you up. Um, Okay, what about having things on your website that are evergreen, like sticker packs or um, classes or templates or workshops? Um, You know, we just talked to Lee a couple weeks ago where he talked about having like vector packs and stuff like that. Have you seen that done well? Like I was packaging? just about to mention, I think LeeStewart38.com is probably the best example of this. He's got, you know, these Lightroom presets for photography stuff. He has merch that he sells. Um, he does Amazon affiliate links with his like, uh, you know, photography gear and heat press gear and screen printing gear. Um, he's got this like rock 
vector template that he made, uh, the coaching. I mean, he's, he's got a lot on there that's sort of secondary from all the videos that he puts up. That is a really, really good way. And a lot of shops make these templates and I've seen like real thread has them. I believe printed threads have stuff on their website and they'll have that on there for free to give away, which is generally very good SEO, but to charge for it, I like it. I mean, I think it's just like stuff that runs in the background, you know? Yeah. Um, I also think like, what do you think of like workshops and classes? So like putting on a screen printing workshop in your town, charging, you know, a hundred bucks a person, or maybe bring your kids to screen print day. And it's like a tour of your shop and a bunch of preschoolers. What are your thoughts on experiences? I think that's very smart. Um, I think there's pros and cons. I, I, I think the pro is absolutely like, especially if you can work with a local distributor and the distributor is like your sales channel and they're sending you leads constantly and you'll host it once a quarter, you know, four or 500 bucks, easy cash. If you love education and teaching people um, and handholding and all that, then amazing. Like great, great, great revenue source. Uh, I think, I do think the con is... Uh, I think you're creating more local based competition for yourself um, because people, you know, let's be honest, the barrier to entry to opening a small shop in your house is pretty low. So uh, that is a thing. So you're almost training them a little bit. A couple more here. So I think more like these are all cool ideas. And if you do something that you want to share, um, the reason I say this is when you go to Home Depot and you get a get a diet Coke as you're checking out. I heard that like home Depot does something like, I don't know, $50 million a year in snacks. <laughs> like think about it, all the snacks at the counter. If you do something as like an aftermarket or upsell, please, please, please let us know. Cause I think they're super fascinating. Costco's monthly membership generates $4.2 billion a year. Bananas. Just not, not the goods, like not selling anything, just the, the monthly or the annual card to access it. But then I think in your print shop, there are things that if you're not selling these, these are the easiest ways to make money. So number one is promo products, right? You don't mm. touch the goods. You can get an ASI or a Sage membership. It's like a thousand bucks a year. You can set up the website They'll help you set it up for you. And it's, you can literally set the catalog and there's like a very little amount of work, probably a half day of learning how promo products work. They're not that difficult. Um, but you know, there are companies out there that do hundreds and millions of dollars in sales by never touching a product and just being promo product brokers. So like, it frustrates me when my customers go and buy shirts from me and then go to fourimprint.com and I'm like, oh, what the heck? Crap, we buy the same stuff, right? Um, and so you can easily add promo products to your shop. So that's number one. Number two is signs and banners. Um, I made the mistake of buying a banner printer early on. <laughs> um, so did Justin Lawrence too. Uh, but what I did realize is there's drop ship sign companies out there like sign 365 and B2 sign um, and sticker companies that you can literally order today and it ships tomorrow better than you would ever print it. Right. 
Um, and so I think in a print shop, those are two easy things that anyone can add like tomorrow that could add a, a significant amount of revenue. Right. And I don't know if you necessarily need to hire an employee for it, but it could get big enough where you have one employee just focused on that. Right. Um, and that's like, uh, what was the shop we talked to in San Francisco, Bruce? That just does kidding. Uh, social imprints. Yeah. Social imprints. Um, so it's just things like that where I think you can easily grow your top line 20, 30% by doing some of these things. And then you look at the end of the year and I was like, oh, I was 15 to 20% profitable. And you attribute some of that to those little tiny things along the way. Anything else you would add, Bruce? I think you nailed it. All right. I think that's a good show. Thanks, Print Hustlers. We appreciate you. We'll see you at Print Hustlers Conf this year. And uh, have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.